Insightful podcasts by informative hosts. Insights into Things, a podcast network. to Insights into Entertainment, a podcast series taking a deeper look into entertainment and media. Your hosts, Joseph and Michelle Whalen, a husband and wife team of pop culture fanatics, are exploring all things from music and movies to television and fandom. Welcome to Insights into Entertainment. This is episode 29, Recycling, Rebooting, and Remembering. I'm your host, Joseph Whalen, and my radiant and insightful co-host, <laughs> Michelle Whalen. Hello, love. How are you today, dear? I am fantastic. How are you? I am awesome. So we had another week where we've had too much to put in the show. Absolutely. So what exciting thing is happening this week that has warranted a special edition? <laughs> Oh, it is the D23 Expo, which is going on right now in California. And for those of you who do not know, this is Disney's big giant version of of San Diego Comic-Con that's about all things Disney, um, movies, television, the parks. Basically, if it has anything to do with Disney, it's going on right this weekend, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It happens every other year, so it's not something that they do, you know, all the time. So it's like the Olympics divided by two. Yeah, basically. Um, And this is where, you know, all of the, you know, like even though San Diego Comic-Con had a couple of different Disney things, you know, come out, this is where, you know, the big, you know, the big guns, you know, come out for, for all the Disney stuff so that we we there's been park information that's come out there's been resort information that's come out more stuff about um disney plus coming out different movie things so as a result we're actually not going to talk about that nope in this episode no because yeah. again it there's information that's still coming out because right now it's it's saturday afternoon so they're you know halfway through the day Today, there's stuff, you know, still coming out tomorrow that's going to be announced. So, you know, to, to do it justice, we'll probably record, uh, do another podcast Monday sometime right. after all the information's come out. And we've been able to, to put together, you know, some of the highlights of it to, you know. So once we have a chance to digest it all, mm-hmm. we'll regurgitate it we'll all for our users. We'll spit it all back out to you. <laughs> <laughs> so we will have a special edition uh, later in the week for that. Yep. But for this one, we do have a Disney detective segment. Yep, a mini a mini Disney detective. We'll be talking about some Spider-Man news, uh, some Carousel of Progress news, uh, some more information on something related to the Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll move on to... Entertainment news with some Matrix news to mark the 20th anniversary. Uh, we have some additional information on the new James Bond movie. 
And Kevin Smith apparently has the power with the new He-Man series. So we will get to all that shortly. Uh, but first we'll do Disney Detective. Go for Disney Detective. So as most of you know, Spider-Man is kind of in a, a custody battle, <laughs> to, to say the least, really. is when I you... hate when mom and dad fight <laughs> like that. Well, it was kind of funny because I have a friend, um, a friend of mine, who she's not really in the know when it comes to comic book things. So she kind of posted, all right, so what's the big deal with Spider-Man? And one person actually posted, well... Disney is dad and Sony is mom and you know and there was a bitter divorce and you know you're trying to figure out who goes to to who and I thought that that was actually a very good you know analogy of of the situation um so obviously years ago um Marvel you know wasn't doing so well nobody really wanted to to make superhero movies so they kind of sold off certain you know characters to to certain different companies and back in the day sony bought spider-man for uh what was it seven million seven billion seven well, we're, million we're talking back in the 80s that they right. sold off the property and they didn't sell it directly to sony it had actually changed hands a couple of times before sony eventually did acquire the rights to spider-man right and you know so Basically, you know, they had the rights. So some of the original, um, the Tobey Maguire movie was actually the first, you know, their first big one that that came out and ha was a success. And you know, and it started. Ironically, that is really what's been credited with kicking off the craze of superhero movies. Right. That Disney has now capitalized on, thanks to Sony's, you know, testing the waters with this character. Right. It, and you know, so. You know, obviously, so it, it's been back and forth because obviously, you know, as everybody knows, Disney, you know, now owns, you know, Marvel, but obviously still doesn't have control of, you know, the the characters that were bought by. Just the movie rights, too. Right. Print rights, Disney has the character, has, right. the, has right. the rights. So right now, you know. Basically, Sony and Disney, um, I think even right before, you know, we came to, to record, I think there's still talks going on right now. So it's not completely dead in the water. Um, That's because you know, fans appealed to Ryan Reynolds to save the day. <laughs> oh, is that what? Yes. <laughs> well, I, I was just, you know, doing some research before, you know, we started recording and it looked like, hey, wait, it's still not, you know, still not dead. You know, but the idea is that, you know, Tom Holland, who is the newest Spider-Man and was in, you know, Endgame and, and you know, so now what it looks like is that he might not be allowed to be in anything else because Sony and Disney haven't, you know, come to a agreement yet. Right. So now, but then again, like I said, right before coming upstairs to, to record... You know, another article came out saying, ooh, well, maybe, you know, and basically all of the different um, actors from the MCU have been posting, you know, saying, please, you know, <laughs> let us let us have Tom and, you know, and, and we miss you and hope, you know, you can come back and, you know, join us uh, again in in the MCU. 
Um, yeah, it's it's a messy situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the worst part is it's like in doing what they're doing now, everyone loses. Right. And the two cooperating with each other, everybody literally wins, including mm-hmm. the split between Sony and Marvel for the, the, the money from it. Right, right. So, like, I think the problem is that Disney is desperately trying to um, hold out to acquire the full rights to it as opposed to just the arrangement that they had previously. Right, right. Um, which, you know... For Disney's part, that's probably kind of short-sighted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So, you know, again, this is something that, that's ongoing right now. So we'll just have to kind of, you know, wait and see uh, what happens. All right. So one of my favorite rides. Yes. This is actually one of my all-time favorite rides, and it was one of my parents' favorite rides. So I think that's why... I enjoy it, you know, so much. And and for most people that go to to the Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World, this is sometimes uh, that ride that, hmm, I need to take a nap. Uh, I need to rest. I need to sit down. Let me sit in air conditioning. And it, it is good for that, but yep. it is it is very nostalgic as well. And that would be the Carousel of Progress. Not the Carousel of Air Conditioning? <laughs> what other people call it carousel of nap time um and of course you get that song in your head you know it's a great big beautiful tomorrow and you know you just can't get it out of out of your head um so some news that that popped up was that carousel of progress was actually going to be slated for a refurbishment but after walt disney world's 50th anniversary um so a lot of people were a little little upset that it wasn't going to be refurbished before the anniversary coming up. Well, it could be worse. It could be like Disneyland where they totally ripped it out completely. You're so not bitter about that. It was the one, (laughs) it was like the one key ride that Walt Disney was involved in designing. How do you take that out of the park? He he helped design other rides too. I know, but he was that. he was so iconically and identified. Progress was to this. actually came to the park afterwards because it was at the World's Fair. No, That's I, where, I understand okay, that. Just making sure. Um, so yeah, for those of you who have ever been on the ride, or if you haven't, the idea of the ride is that it takes you through four different scenes throughout our history um, and the progress that things have uh, evolved with in terms of, you know, the the daily living. So it kind of starts out... How technology out, has How technology evolved. has evolved. So it starts out in, uh, like, the turn of the century and, you know, having, you know, the, the water pump, you know, in your kitchen and you have the ice box where you have to get a box, uh, a delivery of ice to keep your, you know... Uh, food cool um, and then uh, it ends with a scene that's supposed to be futuristic but it's been futuristic for 25 years now It's it, um, what's kind of funny is that that scene has been the scene for 25 years and it was virtual reality and it was um, you know voice pl- controlled appliances voice controlled it's funny because you're just seeing that hit the mainstream right and now. that's what's so funny you know it's hey turn the christmas lights to 25 percent, and now you know if you have echoes or, or the googles uh, you know and you can do that in your house right. now and and different things and so you know in some cases it's 
it, you know, it, it's like you said, it's finally caught up. But in other things, it is still kind of, you know, in the past. So that's probably going to be obviously the scene that they're they're going to redo. So it looks like it's not going to be scheduled to be complete until summer of 2023. So still a, a couple of years out. But nice to see that they're, you know, going back and and taking the time to uh, to give it some love. Well, yeah. And I, I think overall refurbishment, I mean, it, it is, you know carpeting and the seats need to be done mm-hmm. and stuff like that and, right right and you know even if you're not talking just the scenes but you figure there's a lot of audio animatronics there's oh, a yeah. lot of moving things in there mm-hmm. yeah um that i'm sure there's there's probably new technology that they can implement to make that experience mm-hmm. better and that's one of the things you know as much as i bash on disney they do reinvest Mm-hmm. You know, and and improve their right. their displays mm-hmm. and everything, which yeah. is I have to give them full credit for. Absolutely. So, what else do we have? So, another cute little haunted mansion story that that popped up because, again, with the haunted mansion celebrating its fiftieth anniversary in Disneyland, you're seeing a lot of uh, different things pop up. Tons of merchandise all over the place. Tons of merchandise that's not even going to be. Um, at the parks, Target's going to be selling stuff, and Box Lunch is going to be selling it, and uh, Hot Topic. So if you're a Haunted Mansion fan, you know you don't necessarily have to just go to the park uh, to get it. But this was uh, an interesting little uh, story that came out, and it was really it kind of came out because there's a um, new book that's coming out, uh, and so they're kind of promoting it, um, and it's called The Stab, a forgotten. um, as a forgotten nearly was Haunted Mansion changing portrait. So if you've ever been on the Haunted Mansion um, in California, when you're walking onto the ride, you actually go through a uh, portrait gallery, and that's where all the changing portraits are. When you are in um, uh, Walt Disney World in the Magic Kingdom, it's actually when you first get on the ride that you kind of go through and you see some of the um, changing portraits. So this was one that uh, didn't get used in the Haunted Mansion, but it was a concept um, that was done by Mark Davis, a very famous... Um, um, why can't I think of... <laughs> Imagineer. Oh my goodness. It was like on the top of my head. I'm like, what's that thing that they call them? Yeah, Imagineer. Bad, bad Disney girl. Bad <laughs> Disney girl. Um, anyway, a famous Imagineer. And what he was known for a lot of times is taking artwork, orig- you know, artwork and kind of putting his Disney twist on it, right. shall you say. So the picture that, you know, you can see here um, that was called The Stab, it was actually based off of a Courier and Ives picture where it was a very loving picture of a, a couple looking at each other, and he changed it to, again, the loving couple, and then when the portrait would change, she's stabbing him in the chest, you know, so that was that was kind of sweet, I thought, yeah. No? Yeah, you know, yeah, that's not that. scary at all. <laughs> it's the haunted mansion. <laughs> um, so it again, it, it was based on you know uh, a Courier and Ives p- 
print and he reimagined it as a as a murder scene um and they talk about how you know he he loved to kind of change things up and and you know put his little twist on things um and there's more obviously in this two-volume book that's going to be coming out, um, and it's called Mark Davis in His Own Worlds, in his own words, Imagineering the Disney Theme Parks. Um, you can pre-order it right now on Amazon. Uh, it's going to be about $105 for the book, but I'm sure there's tons, tons of, of artwork, artwork and, yeah. and stories, uh, you know, uh, about his, his days, you know, as an Imagineer. So cool. it would definitely be something, you know, to look out for. Awesome. So shall we move on with entertainment news? Let's move on. So tell us about The Matrix. So, just like with everything else, let's do a reboot of something. Well, actually, it's not a reboot because it's... Um, uh, it's a recycling. It's a recycling, I guess. So it looks like The Matrix is going to have a, a new movie. Um, and it's actually going to star Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss. Um, and they're, it's now going to be the third sequel to the 1999 original. Um, the stars will be reuniting with one of the original writers. Um, and... It'll feature, obviously, Reeves as Neo, who is a man who discovers that humanity is trapped inside a simulated reality known as the Matrix, and that he is destined to, ch uh, to be the champion who can liberate them. Um, Moss, along with Lawrence Fishburne and Hugo uh, Weaving, were also among the co-stars. Now, I don't think they've signed on or or been asked i think as of right now it's just uh keanu and and carrie ann that we've heard have been um asked to uh to be in the movie um so this will follow obviously the sequel which was uh the matrix reloaded and then obviously uh, matrix revolutions which was sh both shot in tandem and released in 2003 completing the original story um reeves has been obviously on a hot streak right now um he had the the latest john wick movie um and actually the matrix is celebrating its 20th anniversary um amc theaters have been re-releasing it um this week um, and obviously he's also big in, in the Disney realm of things because he was in Toy Story 4. Right. So he's kind of had a, a resurgence of things. Plus he's also, uh, Bill and Ted, you know, the new version yeah, of that yeah. as well. So, you know. So had they released anything as far as plot lines or no, anything No, it's goes? still kind of in the, in the new realm of, of everything so nothing nothing really with have they know. acknowledged if this is a sequel to the last sequel they haven't really said just basically they're doing uh, you know a third <laughs> sequel basically to because well, the reason i ask is there really wasn't anywhere to go after the last sequel that they had 
I don't know. So I don't know. If I'm they're... curious if they're going to do what Terminator is doing and basically and saying, go back and say, well, oh, that those list. sequels didn't actually count. Right. This one is a sequel to the original one. Yeah, I don't know. They haven't. Again, it's still too new. So I think it's one of those we have to wait and, and see and, you know, in probably the next couple of weeks or next couple of months, more information will come out about it. So should be interesting. Yeah. I, yeah. I definitely love the original. Uh, the second two, I think they tried to get a little too subliminal with mm. and uh, bog the movie down in fight scenes too much. Right, right. So, But tell us about Bond, James Bond. So we finally have a release date, a teaser trailer, and a title now. Um, and we've been talking about Bond 25 for, for a while now. Yeah. Um, so finally things have... have you know, started to be released um, from, uh, 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 f- I want to say from state secrets, but that's not really it. Um, so uh, basically a couple of tweets came out saying that the title of the film will be No Time to Die. Um, it'll drop in theaters in the UK on April 3rd of next year and in the US on April 8th. And then the teaser trailer was really kind of simple. It was basically just Daniel Craig walking across in his tuxedo, stopping, giving a look, and then, you know, the title of the movie with, you know, the dates. Um, So other than that, really not a lot more, you know, coming out about it. Obviously, we know um, that Bohemian Rhapsody star uh, Rami Malek, he will play the villain uh, in in the role, but still not really sure what the villain is. Um, and then it also seems that um, uh, Christopher Waltz will also be reprising his role of a former Bond antagonist, uh, Ernst Blofeld. Blofeld. I never saw the the one that he was in, so I'm, yeah. I'm probably really butchering the name um and he uh had appeared in the 2015 film spectrum uh specter specter sorry so he'll be stop making stop (laughs) laughing at me i like when you do that names are not your strong no i never said that they were (laughs) so i don't know why you make me say things no um so it'll be you know again little little hints and and things like that so Still nothing major. It kind of reminded me um, one of our our favorite Netflix shows, um, The Crown, is coming back the end of this year. And they did a teaser trailer and basically it was just Queen Elizabeth just standing there. (laughs) It was like, so that seems to be the the thing. Hey, we're just going to have, you know, have you stand there or walk and give a look. And that's our teaser trailer. Be British and stoic. (laughs) Exactly. So that's what it kind of reminded me of. So. Should be interesting to see. Okay. And Kevin Smith gets to wield the power of Grayskull. Yes. So last uh, Sunday, he actually surprised audiences at an annual PowerCon convention by announcing the new anime He-Man series for Netflix. Uh, it is entitled Masters of the Universe Relevations. 
Revelations. Revelations. Right? Revelations. Uh, see, I can't talk. Um, so you had all the right letters. They were just I in the wrong then. order. <laughs> I just didn't know. Um, and it's obviously going to take place in the Mattel toy-inspired world, and will focus on some of the unresolved storylines of the classic 1980s show. Uh, Smith will serve as the showrunner and executive producer. Um, so he, um, you know, was just totally thankful, you know, and grateful for Mattel and Netflix for letting him, you know, do this. And he said that, you know, they're basically going to pick up, pick up right where, you know, the classic era left off and the battle, you know, between He-Man and, and Skeletor. Um, and it's basically, you know, every, you know, 40 plus year old dream, you know, to be that 10 year old kid again and you know have these Except stories. Except Dolph Lundgren. I don't. I don't think Dolph Lundgren wants to be associated anymore with it. Yeah, probably not. Um, so you know, for those of you um, you know that that watched it as a kid and played with the toys as a kid, here's where you know your inner ten year old gets to to come back out. I did love his line. Uh, he's eternally grateful. Eternia being. The universe of the world that He Man is actually right located on. So that was so, a nice little. Uh, yeah, so so I think if anyone's going to do it right, Kevin Smith will do it right. Yeah, and that's the thing with Kevin Smith. He, you know, he's a fan of you know everything, and you know likes to do it right so that it gives it. Well, and that's the know. thing. If you want somebody playing in your sandbox from when you were a kid. You want it to be somebody who is as big a fan mm -hmm. that you were. Right, exactly. Um, you don't want, like, I don't know, let's say uh, Ryan Johnson coming in and playing in Star Wars. <laughs> you know, you want somebody who loves it as much as you do, wants to do credit to it, and doesn't right, want to disrespect right. it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that Kevin Smith is the guy for that. Absolutely. So, again, All another right. good one for you to watch. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, I think that's it for our entertainment news. Entertainment news. We'll mm -hmm. come back with our insightful picks of the week. Mm -hmm. I turn it over to you, my dear. So my insightful pick of the week is called Two Sentence Horror Stories. Um, and it airs on the CW, um, and it's interesting because each episode is actually a half hour long, and they do two shows back to back. Um, well, yeah, when it's only two sentences, you can cram them <laughs> in like that. Um, so basically, two sentence horror story consists of eight half hour standalone episodes, um, and again, like I said, they show back to back. It actually had started out; the idea uh, actually started out as short stories and short videos that they had done, and it was at um, a short, uh, it was done in a short form digital series, uh, which premiered at a, um, a movie festival and people from the CW really liked it. And they actually had it on the CW seed, um, in short form. And then they actually decided to kind of produce it in, in a longer form. Um, so it's basically contemporary tales of horror and haunting, um, you know, in a diverse, you know, and digital age, um, you know, and what it is, is there's, you know, kind of that twist to it. So very Alfred Hitchcock 
like. Um, you know, the one episode, um, there was a, a, a wife who, who was now a widow, and she was being haunted. And there were two ghosts that were kind of haunting the house. A young boy who was actually trying to protect her. And, you know, the the ghost, quote-unquote, of her husband. And, you know, didn't know why he was so bitter. And, you know, it kind of... The twist comes that the two ghosts were really the same... It was her husband as a kid and her oh. husband as as himself and just how, you know, he kind of split his personality. So it was just kind of, you know, an interesting, weird, you know, twist. There was a, a another episode where, um, you know, this guy, he kind of, he's kind of portrayed as like a serial killer. And in the end, you know, the, his victim actually, you know, turns the tables on him and turns out that she's kind of not all there in the head. Um, so it's just interesting, again, if you like those li quick little, you know, horror-type, you know, shows, you know, not not so bad. You know, knock them out. You know, the, um, I know when I watched it on demand, they actually had each individual one. So, you know, if you just wanted to watch one half hour, right. you know, you could just watch the one and then go back, you know, and watch another. So, cool. All right. Cool pick. Thank you. So my pick of the week, not a documentary. Nope. But documentary style, sort of. Sort of, kind of, yeah. This was one that I have to give you complete credit for, for turning what, me what? on to it. This is Mindhunter, a Netflix series. So season one is set in 1977 in the early days of criminal psychology and criminal profiling at the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Mindhunter involves... Uh, revolves around FBI agents Holden Ford, played by Jonathan Groff, and Bill Tench, played by Holt McCallany, along with psychologist Wendy Carr, played by Anna Torv, who originate the FBI's Behavioral Science Unit within the training division uh, at the FBI Academy in Quantico, Virginia. They interview imprisoned serial killers in order to understand how they think with the hope of applying this knowledge to solve ongoing cases. The show offers a detailed look at criminal psychology with a dramatized historical twist and a touch of humor. Uh, it's more of a reflection of what happened during this pivotal period in the 70s and less a historical recounting of it. Season 1 starts out as a, at a manageable pace and doesn't slow down from there. There's yet to be a bad episode, and uh, we're on, what, episode five now, I think, I think season so. one? Mm -hmm. um, so we're, we're pretty deep in at this point in time, and we haven't had a stinker mm -hmm. come out of it yet. Nope. Every, every episode, you finish the episode feeling very um, satisfied. Right. There, There's never been one where you're like, oh, I didn't get anything out of this. Right, you know? right. And there aren't cliffhangers at the mm -hmm. every end of everything. Like, every episode sums up, a chapter of a book mm -hmm. and you, you feel that that chapter is moving you towards a climax towards the end of the book or mm -hmm. the end of the season in this case. Right. Right. But you don't feel like, Oh, you know, I, I finished watching this one. I have to watch the next one now to really get what's going on. Right. Right. They really compartmentalize things mm -hmm. very well there. So you can watch one and walk away. It's mm -hmm. not, you know, while it may be binge worthy, it's not, binge required right in order to keep it going right right 
the characters themselves are very relatable. Uh, even the serial killers themselves yeah. are. Yeah. Um, the acting's top notch, and the cinematography. Like the one way I would describe it is that you're actually sitting across from these monsters, talking to them and listening to them over a pizza. Mm-hmm. You know, and it the show really makes you feel like you're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the the I've never seen interviews of, or heard interviews of these uh, serial killers, but you 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 can feel the almost complete authenticity mm-hmm. of these. Like, like I have to imagine in order to stage the show this way, they had to have gone back and listened to these tapes. Right. They Definitely. had to have had exposure mm-hmm. to them because they just feel so authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good show. You're watching season one again with me. Right. To get through it. Mm-hmm. Season two is out. It's set a couple of years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look forward to finishing season one and moving on. So Mine Hunter. Seasons one and two are now streaming on Netflix. Good pick. And I think that was all we had this week, right? Yeah. Um, so, again, as we said, we will be coming out with a special D23 update uh, later uh, during the, the beginning of the week. And next week, just as a little preview, um, we are heading to Keystone Comic Con, which is uh, a local smaller version uh, of a, a Comic Con that is going to be uh, in Philadelphia this weekend. It opened on Friday, uh, going on today, Saturday. We're actually attending tomorrow. First time ever for us, so yep. we'll probably have a, a little uh, review of, of that for for next week. Cool. Before we go, I did want to offer a little teaser. We do have a new show that's currently in development. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hope to have uh, the first episode out in the next couple of weeks called Insights into Tomorrow, introducing a new host to our podcast network mm-hmm. and a uh, new show format, new topics, and I uh, uh, hope it's going to be a enjoyable show. So keep an eye out for that. Yep. And I think that's all we have for this week, dear. That is it. I think we're done. Okay. Till next week. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye.